1: Good morning and a warm welcome to the call on this Monday afternoon, the 8th of August. This is 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, in the course of 60 minutes, plenty of analysis and very clear buy, holds, and sells. I'm Nadine Blaney and it's great to be here with you, with you and my guest in studio, Francesco DeStratis from Ordmanet. Good afternoon, afternoon. Francesca. Nice to see you. Very nice well, you thank well. you. We've got lots to talk about: reporting Plenty. season, M&A. You got it. We've also got Nathan Sumasandaram from Deep Data Analytics on the road and looking handsome. I've got to say, Nathan.
2: <laughs> Getting older by the day.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, Nathan. So we had a non-farm payroll report on Friday. Didn't shock equities, at least in terms of the daily price performance. But boy, we saw big reaction in bond markets. Uh, what happens from here? You reckon in terms of global equities?
2: Yeah, I mean July August is patchy. July tends to be a bit more positive than August, um, and you've got you've had the U.S. reporting season play out. And we're going into our reporting season, so we've got the, um, I suppose, the earnings risk over the next two to three weeks. Um, so that's going to play negatively. China uncertainty, that plays out. Nonfarm payroll was interesting because at the end of the day, <clears throat> big chunk of the data was part time, and the part time lost about seven hundred odd thousand jobs the month before and gained about three hundred plus. Uh, in this month. So it can be quite volatile. I think the underlying data, what, which was more shocking, was the wages growth, which was higher than expected. And the consumer um, credit uh, was growing a lot faster than expected as well. So. People are just borrowing more and more. So if wages are going up, that's negative for, I mean, inflation pressure will be higher. Mm-hmm. And if people are borrowing despite the rate rises, then the Fed has to move harder. I think that's what's spooking the market.
1: Yep. Now, Francesco, we're in earnings season, reporting season here locally. Um, we'll talk about it throughout, but, um, you know, you're expecting to see pain being reflected now, or is this um, half? Or if you know, end of full year yeah, just pain. too early.
0: Pain's probably not the right word. Look, I think um you know, the reporting season is obviously looking backwards and I think what we're gonna see from sort of FY twenty two is is reasonably good earnings numbers. And I think and as always, you know, the key is looking at what Uh, the forward-looking statements are the guidance and uh, and more importantly um, I think what um, the trading conditions have been like for the first couple of months of the financial year because obviously they give their results for last financial year but they'll also give a bit of an update on what they're experiencing over the the, the couple of months from the end of the financial year so I think there's some key messages to come from that and that'll be interesting to see Uh, but I think what Nathan was saying there that that a lot of data points on the broader macro scale have, have been a little bit all over the shop, so uh, the underlying data is, uh, I think, the key, and uh, we're all focusing on inflation. And, and look, you know, there is some underlying pressure there, which Nathan mentioned with with wages growth, but I think. There's some one-off stuff there as well, particularly in our economy. We've seen, um, you know, some devastation from floods and things like that. And that's driven uh, the price of food and vegetables, uh, fruit and vegetables, and, and other food products uh, much higher. Mm-hmm. But then, more globally, you know, the COVID effect of the supply chain issues. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out over the next 12 months because I, I see those as potentially. Um, you know short-term issues that could be looked through um, so so I think the underlying inflation numbers are going to be the key um, particularly from interest rate perspective and then from the the, the markets obviously if, if if rates start rising even higher uh, companies start you know interest bills start to grow a bit as well so they've got that pressure as well as wage growth pressure um, and then if uh, interest rates are rising, um, then they've got, you know, downward pressure on the consumer. So they've got uh-huh. the, the, the double whammy there. So, uh, look, I think the markets are going to be fairly quiet through this period unless there's some real significant shocks, uh, but I think analysts will start to sort of sharpen their pencils over the next couple of years because of um, the uncertainty over the next sort of 6 to 12 months. with. As Maitha mentioned, data points all over the show.
1: Well, we are attuned to all of them. We're also looking forward to speaking about Nanasonics in this next half hour, Chalice Mining, Coals, Magellan and Adbry. ABC the ticker code there but first to the stock of the day and BHP has made an unsolicited takeover offer for Oz Minerals in an all-cash deal $25 per share is conditional and non-binding valuing Oz at $8.34 billion. The Oz Minerals board though has knocked back BHP's offer telling shareholders the proposal significantly undervalues the company. Oz also disclosing that BHP has acquired a minor stake of less than five percent. Uh, well, BHP is saying that it is, well, disappointed that Oz Minerals is not entertaining, and that's a quote, this offer thus far. Uh, Oz Minerals, uh, that does not look like the correct share price reaction okay, to me at all. Let's get that off the screen, please. Oz Minerals shares are up by 35 percent so ignore what you're seeing on the screen there. The price,
0: the price looks right it's just the movement. Yeah
1: we will uh, update BHP that looks, data. The yeah. price on
0: BHP looks a little bit
1: wrong as well. Yeah okay yeah. so we'll, we'll fix that. Um, clearly Francesco uh, Market is anticipating a better offer will come. Is there any way that yeah. BHP will get it for 25? What What's going to happen from here?
0: Well the board's The board of Oz Minerals has quickly rejected the offer, saying it's opportunistic. And I I think they're probably right in saying that, in that the, the, the copper price has come off a little bit over the last three to four months. Um, and if you look at the, the, the supply and demand dynamics of copper um, electric vehicles is going to consume a fair bit of copper over the next 10 to 20 years and beyond um, and from my understanding and I've, I've only just recently done a bit of reading on this is that um, a, a electric vehicle uses two and a half times more copper than than a, a, a petrol vehicle or a diesel vehicle so, so there's a lot more copper that's going to be used in, in motor vehicles over the, the, the you know the the long term I suppose if we're all moving towards electric vehicles um, and then you've got to look at other areas that copper used obviously in building and construction well we probably over the next sort of 12 to 18 months see a bit of a slowdown there but I think the longer term demand uh, for copper will grow um, therefore the price I think of copper is a little bit Low from where it should be in the short term, um, and therefore I think BHP is probably um, you know, having a bit of an opportunistic bid there. Um, will they, they potentially will come back and, and offer a higher bid? Because normally when you make a bid for something, you, you, you would tend to low. try yeah. and lowball them. Uh, you know, and look, you know, you wouldn't want to embarrass them and embarrass yourself, I suppose. Uh, but I, I dare say they probably would have come in a little bit lower. Um, so they've, 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 they'll have some wiggle room. Uh, whether they sort of over the next couple of days come back with a, 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 a bit higher. I don't know but um, there's opportunity there. So from a point of view of an investor, look uh, I'm not going to give a, a, our odds recommendation on this because I think today has thrown recommendations mm-hmm. out the window. It's more of a strategy point of view. So I, I think if, you, if you've had an opportunity to buy this stock around the $16, $17 mark in the, in, the, in recent weeks, I, I'd probably look to take a little bit off the table just, to, just on that you know, rare chance that the BHP might say, you know what If you're not going to take our bid, we'll walk away. Um, And that way you haven't missed out on that that upside. Um, For those that are I would like to take a bit of risk and think that, you know, there might be more in it, then, yeah, look, I, I wouldn't be adverse to, to buying a little bit of it either. Um, just just on a short-term trade that you might get probably a $25 bid going to maybe, you know, $26, $27. Uh, but you're obviously upside leverage is, is fairly limited now. So
1: you're you're playing both sides of the fence now.
0: No, no, yeah. I'm just saying what, what someone might think. If you own okay. it and you bought it at, at, at reasonably low prices, I think there's an opportunity just to take take some of it not yeah. all of it, uh, because I think that potentially there will be a higher bid. Um, but all you're doing is locking in a bit of profit.
1: Okay, got it. Now, Nathan, how would you strategically play Oz Minerals now that you know that there is interest from BHP?
2: Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't surprise anyone that uh, copper is in play. Uh, we always knew there was going to be a, <clears throat> M&A coming into the resource sector. Um, and prices have fallen. I mean, copper is in a bear market. It's dropped 20% from the peak. Granted that the peak, everything got uh, blown, blown into sky high, um, and it's come back, and that's so it is um, opportunistic. But hell, why would you not? If you're BHP and you've got just divested, you've got the cash flow, you've got the balance sheet, why not? Um, so they've had a play. I'd, I'd be taking the money and going away because BHP can be patient. They're not guys who chase assets. Um, this would have been in the play for a while. I mean, Ozmin is the only clean copper play in the Aussie market. They've got really good assets, good management. I mean, BHP can buy this and let it run by itself, and they'll make good money for over the long term. So that's not an issue. But is it? Was it cheap? Um, it probably was. But copper is falling. Um, global recession risks are rising, so copper probably will go lower. Um, so in that context, I wouldn't be chasing it. So look, that, you know, if you're in, if you were in Ozmin, Um, Thank God for BHP, you've just got a massive gain. Take your money, go somewhere else. Um, But I wouldn't be waiting for the next buck or two to come through for where they are. Um, and my guess is over the next six months, you're probably gonna see lower copper prices, and Osmin will slide lower with that.
1: Got it, thanks, Nathan. All right, let's get to the companies that have been picked by you. Remember, this is information only, this is not financial advice tailored to your own particular circumstances. Linda has written in about Nanasonics. N-A-N is the ticker code. Nathan, I'm looking down the barrel, so I'll start with you. Buy, hold, sell for Nanasonics.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, I've been there, made the mistake, Um, I got in, I think it's about 70 cents, got to a dollar in about a couple of months and I thought I was a genius, got out and then a few weeks later it was like three or four bucks and it ran all the way to eight bucks. Um, Look, um, the beauty of these is getting into American hospitals. It just takes a long time, that's what I thought. Um, So when they did it much faster than I thought, um, they've executed really well. So management is really good. Um, they basically clean things. Um, this is not exciting stuff, but it's just getting into the hospitals. Once they get into the hospitals, they get, they can have that opportunity to get new products. And that's what they're doing now. They're rolling out new products. It's a high growth stock. It gets priced at ridiculous multiples. So don't look at where it's traded in the last couple of years because markets were stupid. Multiples were insane. And this is a good quality business. So obviously it inherited insane multiples. Uh, but look, it's, it's a good stock. It's running well. Um, I think it executes long term. I like the sector. I like management. Um, you buy it on the pullback. This is trading just like a classic growth stock. Um, so we've had a couple of relief rallies. You had one, you know, we're just having one right now. It's had good updates. It holds up well. I wouldn't chase it. I think you'll get it cheaper. Look, if you look at the recent price action, if you can pick it up below four bucks, I'm pretty comfortable picking that up and holding it over the long term. Um, Management execution is pretty good. Um, So I'm happy to do that, but I'm not chasing it at the current rally.
1: What do you think? Because we did uh, have fourth quarter results coming through just recently, Francesco. And, uh, you know, look, as Nathan alluded to, pretty strong
0: pretty strong, but um, you got to remember that um, the COVID impact on hospitals 12, 18 months ago would have impacted upon them. Um, look, I, I, I think it's a really good business, uh, but I think it's just a bit overpriced, like Nathan. Um, you know, it trades on about 1,500 times earnings. Um, now, there is significant growth in their earnings, but, um, I, I, look, I think, um, you know, where the price is, it's trading at a really significant premium. But that being said, they're, they're, look, their underlying business is... is um in, in, in demand. It's just, as Nathan said, getting them the sales force in getting it into hospitals. And that takes time. Um, but, um, y- y- you know, it's a business where um, it prevents infections in, in operating theatres and so on, and disinfections and things like that. So, so it's, it's a necessity in not only the hospital environment, but in all the medical environment. Um, and it's, um, I suppose, an area where it's essential. Um, and if you've got a good solution like Nanasonic do, um, then your potential is 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 greater. But I, I just think that at the moment, um, you know, where the prices are, um, and the focus of the market at the moment is yeah, you know, probably away from this these sort of businesses. So um, our guys have got a lighten on it, um, but look, I, you know. Still like the business, but just think where it's priced at the moment, it's probably a bit expensive.
1: So, you'd hold it, you wouldn't be chasing it here.
0: Um,
1: no, I'd be lightning, lightning, yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. Thank you. Let's get on to the next one on the list Chalice Mining. This one is for Rodney, it is CHN, the ticker code. Now, Chalice, from what I recall, just going on memory, has found a big deposit pretty close to Perth, pretty close to infrastructure. Not yet digging it out there, not in the production phase. Does that sort of change your view as to whether you buy it today? Yeah. I mean, it
0: depends what you're looking for. I mean, with all of these types of things, explorers, um, you know, as they pull up drilling results, if they're good, then the market will will treat them nice, kindly. If they're not good results, then they'll treat them poorly. Um, Our analyst has got a buy recommendation on the stock, probably more speculative than anything. Um, And and look, you know, as as I mentioned, you know, you'd be looking at drilling results. But but look what they're looking for, um, nickel, Cobalt and the like is uh, are, are minerals that will be used um, in, in in green energy and the transition away from fossil fuels. So um, that's always been popular in the last sort of five years and probably will continue to be popular uh, over the next five to ten years as well. So um, look, I, I find it difficult to go against what the analyst's saying there on a buy, uh, but again, like you've mentioned, it is an explorer. So you know, it's not as if we're looking at earnings potential. You know, we're looking. Your potential earnings down the track, but there's a lot of lot of capital investment that has to um, flow under the bridge before they can actually start making money. So, what you're doing is you're taking a bet on what's in the ground.
1: Got it. Now. Nathan, you mentioned when we were talking about Oz Minerals a couple of times, you know, the potential for a recession. Uh, Do you see that dampening the prospects for the likes of chalice Mining at all? Or because, again, it's in that exploratory phase, I mean, realistically, by the time it's producing, we could be past (laughs) any hint of a recession that we experience in the next year and a half.
2: Yeah, it's it's good to be a non-profit, well, non-profit worried uh, business because there's nothing to downgrade. <laughs> uh, you know much. you can't downgrade anything. Um, look, it's uh, explorers are an interesting play at the moment. It, it, obviously, it's in the higher risk category, but um, the problem for me is, what are you buying Chalice for at the moment? If you're buying it, it's predominantly gold play, um, and there are a few other um, exposures within it. Um, so it's pretty much trading like a gold stock at the moment, and. All the gold stocks are turning around with uh, spot gold bouncing. It got down to just below 1,700. Now it's just below 1,800. So there's been a decent bounce. I still think the US dollar and the US bond yields probably have peaked in the current cycle. So if they've peaked, then I expect gold to keep climbing and all the Aussie gold miners to do well. And Chalice will get dragged by that. Um, Chalice is probably further down the path on production side, but look, you can look at all the gold stocks and, and I think know everything from northern star down to regis to silver lake they're all doing similar charts they're all bouncing back um if you look at someone like um um, calendus um cai that's probably the closest to production and chalice is getting there so look if you like the explorer play and you're looking for that kind of a play which is dominated by gold then i think it's 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 a good buy i think gold miners at the moment look really cheap and if you're buying an Aussie gold miner, you have the sovereign risk removed where a lot of the gold miners in Africa in these kind of recessionary cycle, um, it can get a bit tricky with assets. So Aussie gold miners are a lot safer to play.
1: So with Chalice Mining, that is an avoid for you?
2: No, no, I'm happy to buy it. Um, I think in the current, it's predominantly trades like a gold stock. So. Gold stocks have turned around over the last month, so you would be buying them.
1: Got it. Thanks. So there you go, Rodney. Two buys for Chalice Mining. Let's get to the next one on the list, and that is Kohl's. This is for Tyler. Nathan Kohl's. So there's a bit of a debate whether or not these consumer staples, uh, you know, big companies here in Australia have the type of pricing power that will see them through the inflationary environment in terms of labor that is still uh, yet to really kick into high gear what do you think
2: uh, these guys are the best margin grabbers in town um, they can pass it on because we really don't have a choice we aussies take a pounding from the banks we don't change banks you think we're going to care about how much supermarket steals from us not really we're too lazy um, there's only a few players and they all know it uh, and we go to the same places all the time um, and it doesn't matter what the cost is, they put their margins with it um, and they transfer it to the consumer and the consumer pays. It's, you know, in a recession cycle, even through the pandemic, they've proven to be pretty good. Um, I mean, we've been playing it through uh, Woolies and Endeavor, which is split out of Woolies. Um, Endeavor has been an absolute gem. Um, you know, we love a drink and so why not? Even in a pandemic, we love even more drinks. Um, so Endeavor's done really well. And, you know, if you look at the media, you can see how many pubs are being bought. And is doing quite well. Woolworths is probably the best out of the supermarkets for me. Uh, they're the biggest. They're, they, they do everything better than most. Um, but look, I think the whole sector does well. I think the staples do well. The thing about staples is they're not exciting, but they hold on to their margin. They deliver earnings, solid earnings growth. They give you a decent yield. And they're going to be around even in a tough recession cycle. So uh, we've been backing them and we're continuing to back them.
1: That's a buy. Are you buying? The big grocery store operators? Not Coles.
0: Um, Nathan's right. I have been mean, 100%. You know, in inflationary times, uh, the, the big grocers like Woolies and Coles are very good at um, taking advantage of that situation. They have done in the past, and they'll continue to do so. Um, and look, I think Coles and, uh, is a good business. Uh, yeah, Don't dispute the two between Coles and Woolies. I just think where the share price is on, on Coles at the moment, I think it's... Um, a little bit overvalued. We've got a lightened recommendation on it, so um, that's where I'd be standing on that one as well. I'm with and I prefer Woolies. I think, it, you know, in, in this environment, uh, you do want to be invested in Staples, and I think the bigger of the two is is probably better. Um, and Endeavour Drinks. I think since the the demerger of Endeavour, um, I think management have ha- had the ability to actually um, convert their ideas um, much quicker and much more efficiently mm-hmm. than having to go through the board of Woolies and I think that was one of the, the benefits of, of um, spinning out of out of Woolies but um, on Coles which is what we're talking about I'd say good business uh, but not at this price.
1: Thank you. And that's a bonus buy, I think. I'm going to call it that for Woolworths today on this Monday because we've not had any, uh, yeah, well, we've got a double buy for Chalice Mining, so we're not doing too poorly, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Magellan is number four on the list, MFG. Ooh, controversial. Yeah,
0: ooh. yeah. Still like,
1: more pain to come for uh, not what, just Magellan, but these fund managers in general.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's, let's just look at Magellan. They've, they've had some issues with personnel. Um, and 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 that's uh, resulting in them losing some mandate, I think, or, or they have lost mandate, and that could be partly because of performance as well. Um, so when, when these types of companies, when they when they're um, um, in the growth phase, which Magellan was fantastic in the growth phase, when when they um, would win a new mandate and a, a large mandate. Um, What happens then is you get a a follow-on effect from other smaller mandates because the, the larger investors has done a large amount of due diligence so the smaller ones tend to follow that through and, mm-hmm. and rely upon a bit of that I think when you see the reverse of that the exit you'll tend to see a bit of that so we've seen some, some loss of mandate and I think that will continue a little bit uh, performance I think has started to improve a little bit but I just see that the, the issue is more the leakage of funds of funds under management um, and at you know $15 I think it's still Expensive, um, and I'd be on a. um, I I wouldn't be in the stock. Um, Some people try and trade it. Yeah, you're going to get some volatility in there, um, but I'd be more concerned about uh, the downside risk is far greater than the upside risk.
1: There you go. Risk versus reward equation at the base of every every decision decision. you're making. (laughs) What do you think, Nathan?
2: Yeah, this is an interesting one. I know Koshi is going to be hating this. He is probably listening because we've talked about this so many times. Uh, We were in mid 2020, we turned negative when it was around 60 bucks. It's just too hard for them to outperform in a massive bull market in the US because once you get to that, because they're so big, um, they they are struggle to transfer their ability that they had investing in the US market and outside US market when the cycle turns around against them and that was our thesis. And that's kind of played out. Um, And since then they've struggled and Francesco is right. And then then they've had these outflows, which is normal part for fund managers, right? You outperform for a period of time when the cycle turns. And I always say this, once the downgrade starts, don't be there. Uh, Don't try and pick the bottom, just don't do it. And this happened on a sector basis. Everyone has rolled over. And Magellan has been the uh, poster child for everyone to kick it on the way down. And it's been going down and down. Now obviously when you have these kind of cycles, then you've got problems with people and all of that comes out. But usually when this happens, no one cares. Uh, But when the performance is bad, everyone cares. So Magellan has been kicked for everything under the sun. I think it's probably seen the bottom, um, but you do not buy fund managers when you got fund outflows. because. You get the underperformance, then the results go out to uh, investors, and then the investors go, oh yeah, why should I be with the loser, I'll go to the winner. So people tend to buy things that are outperformed, uh, and then, you know, generally that's the wrong time to do it, but anyway, people do that. And so you get outflows. So you, you buy these fund managers when they start to get inflows, because inflows, there's that's where their money comes from. It's not about really the performance, it's more about funds under management. So when you're trying to buy a fund manager, look for the inflow. So right now everyone's seeing outflows because people don't know and a lot of people are pulling out. So in this kind of situation, now is not the time to jump into a fund manager. But Magellan is one that I'm looking at. I think it's probably bottomed and if it goes back to the lows, I would look at it. But at, at the moment, I think the market doesn't know which way to go and it's still on outflows. So. I wouldn't be jumping in, but it's one on my shopping list.
1: Follow the money. I might, you? I, might,
0: yeah. I might just add to that, what Nathan would say, is that when you when you see a lot of outflows, you've got to remember that... The the, the resources of the company are spending a lot of energy at exiting investments rather than actually looking for new investments. So, you know, the focus mm-hmm. when you've got outflows is well, we've got to convert to cash. What's the best time to sell these investments? And so they're looking at exiting investments rather than looking for good new ideas. So mm-hmm. I think, the, you know, there's, uh, it's a double edged sword, if you like, when, when when you've got outflows.
1: Good point. All right, uh, we are already at number five on the list. This is AdBry for Cara. ABC is the ticker code. Uh, Look, Francesco, we've got pretty strong residential spending, you know, infrastructure spending, mining uh, spaces expanding as well. And Adbride is quite diversified, so is that a plus for this company? Yeah,
0: look, it's the old Adelaide Brighton, which is a cement company, I mean, when you really look at it, concrete, cement, all that sort of stuff. we we think where the price is at the moment on this stock it's it's fair value so we've got a whole recommendation on it. Um, I take your point that there's there's a lot of infrastructure spend but we're getting mixed like signals too I mean obviously we've seen the New South Wales government hold back on a lot of infrastructure spending as well um, and look you know there's 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 a certain amount of concrete in um, home building but I think you'll find that with Adelaide Brighton. Or AdBri, they call themselves now. Um, a lot of this stuff is in infrastructure spend. So look, I, I'd be reasonably cautious. It trades on around about low teens PE for this year, about 13 times. Its yield's about five, 5.4%. It is fully frank, so that's reasonably attractive. But we'd we'd be more of a on a hold on this than 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 a buy um, if if we start to see. Um, yeah, you know, the, the the inflation issues start to um, look like it's more of a short-term thing, then, then we'd probably be a bit more favourable to it uh, because then we'll see a bit more investment in infrastructure and things like that. So I, I'd, I'd be on a hold, I think.
1: Would you buy, hold or sell, Adbry, Nathan, considering where we are in the cycle?
2: Yeah, it's a big sell. Um, the macro is completely against it. You're swimming against the tide. Um, you've got an inflation problem. Uh, the Fed to RBA are putting up rates to slow spending. Um, so I struggle to see how governments can justify fiscal stimulus to build infrastructure. Um, anything they come up with, it has to be a much longer dated project. So that's not going to add a lot um, for Adelaide or Adbry. Um, look, it's, it's a cyclical. There's, that's all you've got to look at. It's cyclical. Uh, as Francesco said, the valuations looks okay. Now, you buy cyclicals when the multiple looks atrocious um, because that means the analysts don't see the upside, the market's throwing it out. That's when you buy these cyclicals. So you look at some of those retail stocks. I mean, they've had a bit of a bounce now, but before that, they looked ugly. And that's the time to look at those cyclical stocks. And the building stocks are not that ugly yet. It needs to get much more uglier. And it will, but it's, politically it's hard because every government tends to back um construction, right? Uh, whether it's federal or state, there's a fair amount of uh, political pull to support construction because you know, if, uh, if we're not building build- new construction, that's the end of the world stuff. So that's how kind of keeping the optimism going. But the reality is uh, we're in a downtrend. Uh, you know, energy costs are too high, input costs are too high. For these guys, things are tough. And you've got the overall construction slowdown playing out as well. And you can see property developers going under. So there's a lot of macro issues attached to it, so I'm not jumping in. It needs to get a lot more uglier before I start looking at this cyclical sector.
1: Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us for this half hour. Let's wrap up what we have learned so far. So, for the stock of the day, Oz Minerals. Well, Nathan says you should take the money and run, essentially sell, now that you've got this gift of a 35% rise today from BHP. Uh, Well, um, Francesco sees it a little bit differently. He he thinks that if you've held this for a long time, you want to be trimming to get some of this upside. Um, But he does believe that a higher bid is possible. So strategically, that's how he would be playing this BHP biz for Oz Minerals. To the companies that you have put forward today, Nanasonics. Uh, well, Francesco says that it's a good business, but he'd be lightning because of the price. Uh, well, Nathan agrees, the price for this one just went too high, but he does think that it's a quality business. He would not be looking to add after any good news that's coming through from the company. He would be looking to buy on some sort of a broader market pullback. And so below $4 is looking like a reasonable buy price for him. Chalice Mining, it's a specy buy, but it's a buy for Francesco and the people over at Ord Minette. It's an explorer, so there's risks associated with it, but it's in the right space and making some good moves. A chalice is also a buy. For Nathan, because it is starting to trade like one of the gold miners. And uh, it's a higher risk, but he likes the way the momentum is headed in that space. Coals, it is, look, it's a buy because of the overarching theme inflation pressures, ability to pass on higher prices for Mathan, Although Woolworths is his pick of the bunch. And that's where they disagree. So they agree with Woolworths. So Francesco believes that Woolworths is the pick of the bunch, but he'd be lightning calls. He thinks that it's overvalued at this price. Follow the money when it comes to fund managers is Nathan's rule of thumb. But this is on his shopping list because once you start seeing some of those funds flowing back into Magellan. That's when he'd be looking to buy, saying we possibly have seen the bottom. Funds under management is a problem, though, for Francesco. He would avoid it. He'd be selling. There's no reason to be in it right now. Adbry, it's a hold for Francesco and Ordmanet says it's fair value right now. But uh, Nathan, as you just heard, he would be selling. He says that the macro is working against Adbry right now. Now the call is tracking, as you know, our own high conviction fund picked by our investment committee. And the latest committee meeting is live for you to watch at Ozbiz.com.au. Portfolio update is as such. Ooh, Audnate removed. Oz Minerals was added. Good move, people. We also upped our woodside holding size and we'll update you on how the updated portfolio is traveling a little bit later in the week. But yeah. Uh, Nathan, I hate to call you out, but uh, I do believe you were not interested in adding Oz Minerals to the portfolio. True?
2: Yeah, no, true, true. We were trying to work out, uh, out of the, uh, I think it was two resource stocks, we were trying to pick which one. Um, in the end, I mean, we were, we needed more resources. Um, it was a choice between the two. I wasn't against it, but I think I was. I preferred the other one uh, on a relative basis. But, you know, it's a majority rule in this game. So I'm happy that, uh, you know, we sold all coordinate at the peak and uh, I'm happy that we got into Ozmin for a free ride, Um, it would not have, I would not have thought of this as the reason why you would pick it but Hey, who knows?
1: It would have been remiss of me not to mention it, but that's the nature of a committee, isn't it? That's why we've got a committee and decisions being made that way. All right. Uh, keep sending in your requests. Keep the call switched on to see what companies our committee will be looking at next. And I can tell you that we will be putting Chalice Mining in front of the next investment
2: committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second. And non trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com You don't own underlying assets consider relevant PDS and TMD your information memorandum of the CMC Pro accounts at our website.
1: Alright, let's get to the next companies that we will be discussing today. Super Retail Group, interesting one, given reporting <laughs> season, Goodman Group, worth a chat. car sales as well, Ampol and event hospitality. So I'll kick it off with Francesco Distratus from Ord Minette with Super Retail Group. This is for Izzy. Izzy. Retailers...
0: When, if you were easy, oh, no, Ziggy start-up. No, Ziggy <laughs> stars. Um, um, You know,
1: considering there's easy. so much uncertainty in terms of the cycle and inflation sure. and uh, consumer demand and rising interest rates, sure. the same so, old narratives.
0: So let's look at what super used to be super cheap yep. auto, but now it's super retail because that owns budding camping, fishing, as well as super cheap auto and Rebel Sports, and there's probably a few other little retailers in there as well. Um, we like it. Um, we think there's some upside there, so we've got a buy recommendation on the stock. A um, couple of things: um, the, the 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 new car market is stalled because of the um, supply chain issues and logistics. Some some car makers are taking up to six months. Well, I heard one eight months to get a car delivered now. You're probably into the next model by the time you get your new one. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a lot more secondhand cars being turned over and obviously we've seen the price of secondhand cars increase as well, which which means that the likes of something like a super cheap auto so people buying parts and 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 accessories uh, tends to increase when you get turnover in secondhand cars. So I think there's that part of the business. Boating camping and fishing, um, you know, we're seeing you know, people trying travelling a little bit more now but I think um, what I've been noticing is a lot more people taking um, local holidays across Australia so Mm -hmm. that leads more into the boating, camping and fishing. Um, Rebel Sports has has struggled a little bit. I think uh, our guys are expecting not much from that over the next 12 months but they are expecting some good things over um, the, the next 12-18 months out of the, the auto and in, in boating, camping and fishing. Um, that being said, and my thoughts on this are that once supply chain issues are resolved, and that could be 12-18 months' time, then we're back to brand, brand new cars being delivered and, and, and obviously less turnover of second-hand cars. We could see a bit, bit of a downturn there. But at the moment, I think there's more upside in super cheap in the shorter term. So we have a buy on it.
1: Buy. Nathan, I feel like you're going to say the macro is moving against Super Retail Group or do I not know you that well?
2: (laughs) You know me too well. Um, I'll start with saying I think Super Retail is one of the top tier retailers in our market. Um, They really know how to execute. Um, When they bought Rebel, everyone laughed at them. Uh, They thought it was a complete disaster. Management, amazing turnaround story. You know, you just got to remember those guys who can execute on those kind of tough deals. And then then you remember that they can do it in a tough market. So super retail is relatively diversified, as Francesco said, and, and really good management. Track record is very good. I'll back them. But the market knows that. I mean, it's still trading. I mean, it's had a a decent bounce. It's gone from eight to about 10. Um, It's now trading above pre-pandemic level. So you've got to remember the last couple of years, um, that's stupid uh, trading. The markets are at extreme multiples. There's so much money handed out that a lot of the retailers got, uh, you know, basically steroid boosted retail sales. So forget those two. Look at what was happening pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic we were at pretty high multiples, so we're already there. So for me, super retail, it's good, but everyone knows it and it's priced for that. So I'm not chasing it. Um, I am looking at the retail sector because there are some that have just been absolutely pummeled um, and are pricing in recession. While others, the good ones, people are still paying good multiples and I think they're gonna be shocked probably on the negative side. So my worry is super retail, as good as it is, um, it can't outrun uh, the macro cycle that what the economy is doing and we can see what the economy is doing and when property prices started to roll consumer sentiment is at all-time lows I just don't think they're gonna do well in the medium to long term but again it's on my shopping list Pardon the pun and it is a high quality retailer um, if it comes back um, probably around the six to seven dollar level And, you know, these are cyclicals when market throws them out, they don't care. And these guys can move hard. So if it drops below $7, automatically, I'll start looking at it. And that's what I'm keeping an eye on. Again, you got thousands of stocks, you don't have to buy everything. So don't buy things that are going to be, you know, where you're swimming against the tide. And this is one, as good as it is, it's going to be swimming against the tide. So not for me.
1: Thank you. Let's get to the next company on the list and that is Goodman Group, GMG. This is for Jack. Goodman Group, Francesco. You could say it's a pandemic darling in the industrial space. Uh, Lots of tailwinds coming from e-commerce, etc. But it's not too difficult to put up some of those industrial buildings. Are the best days for Goodman Group behind it or is still upside to come?
0: No, no, they're very good at executing on their developments. Um, so this this sits in the the REIT sector, where really it's more of a developer. So when you look at a, a property trust um, and you look at the the PE multiple, the the dividend yield, and so on, uh, that it trades on, you shouldn't really compare. Goodman with that in that way because of the, the amount of development work they do, um, they're extremely good at what they do. Um, I just think that at these prices, it's probably more of a hold than um, than a, than a, anything else. Um, I think it's trading on fair value. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what their their results are when they come out um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, but their third quarter update, look, it was good, but. I wouldn't say overly exciting or, or, or anything that would say that we you know really got to um, yeah, put some money into this investment, so um, at this stage we, we'd have a hold on it.
1: So good company, good, good company. developer, yeah. but uh, not shooting the lights out potentially from here. Uh, is it a stalwart of a portfolio in your view, Nathan?
2: It's a tough one. Uh, This is a great business. Um, There's no doubts about it. Now Goodman Group is one of the top tier, uh, what I would consider as a listed private equity. They are amazing traders of assets, Um, and they work in the property sector. But that's just a byproduct, and it probably gets heard by it. But reality is, they're awesome um, listed private equity. You put West Farmers, Macquarie, um, Goodman. Um, and then you put in that Brickworks, the Infratel, there's a handful of stocks that are listed private equities and they trade assets better than anyone else. So if you're looking at something you want to hold 10, 15 years down the track, you buy these listed private equities because what they do is they trade assets through their years to be in the right place at the right time. And these guys are good at it. Um, But the market knows that um, and they got priced too much and it's coming off because it's priced like a growth stock and you'd expect that in this market. Um, Don't look at what the price it was in the last couple of years. Again, crazy market, crazy multiple. These things are so good that they went crazy as well. Um, But I I think it's it's caught in with the market. I think it's gonna trade with the market in the short term. I, I, I don't know if it's bottomed out yet because I think the inflationary cycle plays out more, rates go higher. Um, central bank's been wrong for years they're going to be wrong again and rates will go even higher and that will put pressure on growth stocks and this is a growth stock um, it's priced as a growth stock it's a high multiples to growth stock so it'll probably go lower but geez it is so good you've got to keep your eye on it um, it's trading at much higher than what it was pre-pandemic um, so that's the worry but geez when this property trust valuations at all-time high um, you can see residential property prices falling. If you have recessionary pressures, all these property valuations will come off. And so that will weigh on them. Um, so I'm not jumping in right now, but damn, it's a, it's a good business. Great management. So you definitely want to have this on your shopping list.
1: But hold it if you have it. Would you agree with Francesco?
2: Yeah. I mean, look, this is a, if, you, if you're willing to hold it for you know multiple years, sure. You, just, you can you can go to sleep holding this dog.
1: Okay. Well, sleeping at night is important, as well these days. Car sales, C A R. This is for Brody, Nathan. We'll start with you. Look, has really doubled down on its uh, U.S. business. What are you expecting for car sales? It has proved that it can execute overseas. Um, you know, and a, well, presumably, a good business to be in right now.
2: Yeah. Look, uh, the old. Aussie techs, car sales, um, real estate.com, and Seek. Everyone wanted to short it, you know, for decades, and they got it wrong, to you know, time and time again. Uh, and then they rolled over this year, except no one had the shorts on them. So go figure. <laughs> uh, the the thing is, these guys have they've learned. Unlike most other techs, they've been around the traps. They've been hit on the sides. They've been hit in the head. So they know how to manipulate the cycles. They know how to work around it. They've got a lot of levers to pull. Um, and they've done it well, and they've diversified well. Um, and you know, supply chain issues with the car industries help them. And look, you can say these certain macro things help, certain macro things doesn't help. Obviously, consumers not spending so much or won't help. But you know, there's a massive cycle coming at some point when people move from uh, petrol cars to EV cars. So there's a huge market cycle that's going to play out, and that's going to be massive boost for car sales. Um, is that going to happen tomorrow? Probably not. And if you have a recession, that's probably going to be elongated for a period of time. Uh, again, this is one, it's a growth stock. I think there's more problems for growth stocks to come. So it'll come back. It, you can see where the bottom is. The market has looked at it around the $18, $19. Look, I, I would wait for it to come back around there and then I'll pick it up. Um, look, it's, these, are, these guys know how to execute and they'll do well, but they've had a bounce. I'm not chasing any growth stock on the bounce. Um, But it is one, again, a high-quality growth stock, um, but it's a tech growth stock. Like, everything you hate in this market, this is what it is. But they're so damn good. So I think if, if it comes back around $18, you start nibbling. You buy it over the next six months, you should do well over the next couple of years.
1: Macquarie hasn't outperformed, Credit Suisse outperformed, UBS a buy, Morgan Stanley an overweight. What's the view at Ordmanette? Leighton.
0: Why? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd probably say that, um, and this that recommendation was um, last came out of around June-ish, so I'd probably say with the way the share price has been it's probably more of a hold now mm-hmm. uh, than a light, and so I wouldn't be wouldn't be um, taking that on face value. Um, they recently made an acquisition in the US, which they bought 49% of a company, then they b- raised some capital to buy the rest of it. Um, our analysts seem to think they paid Probably a bit of a premium okay. to buy that, which is normal in in the in the course of an acquisition. Um, but you know, as Nathan said, it it look. I, I don't personally consider it a tech stock, but the market does. I, I think it's probably more of a a marketing stock than a tech stock, but it uses technology. It's a bit like Afterpay. Afterpay is a financial company, but it just uses technology to deliver that. That business so I don't, probably don't look at it upon it as, as a tech stock um, is right look it's been a great performer over the years um, it has done very well at previous acquisitions and bolting them in um, and that's giving them that good global expansion so so I mean that's important um, look I, I, I just think that at these prices it's probably fully valued um, and I, I'd be able to hold Um I don't think I'm going to add much more than that. I think in the future, as Nathan highlights, that you know, moving towards electric vehicles. Look, I don't, I don't think that's going to give a great deal more turnover to 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 car sales. Yeah, sure, there'll be more cars, but I think we'll probably, as as you know, we might see in some countries like we may see in Australia, uh, where legislation of a certain amount of cars that are sold in certain areas have to be um, electric vehicle or, or, or partially electric. Um, I don't necessarily think that will increase the volume on on something like car sales, because a lot of these older vehicles will get destroyed over that process, so they won't won't appear on these sort of sites. So, yeah, look, I I don't think that's as big a a growth um, pattern for for car sales. I think um, um, it's just the normal turnover of cars. I think at the moment you're probably seeing um, a little bit higher price, but I don't think that is reflected in their earnings at the moment.
1: Got it. All right, there you go. That's car sales. Let's get to the next on the list, which is Ampol A L D. This is for Elise. Uh, well, just today we've had Macquarie, up, and it is previewing uh, the first half earnings to come through for Ampol as well as Viva Energy. It expects Ampol to be the dividend winner. It says the stock is attractively priced, uh, and it has maintained its outperform rating, but lowered the price target to $38 from $39.25. So overall, Macquarie very positive on Ampol. These guys have taken a lot of focus lately, you know, the Ampol, the Viva Energy, because obviously what's happening in terms of, well, margin expansion. Yeah. So, what do you think? Price of their rises.
0: Call? Well, rising oil price gives them an opportunity yeah. to. Do, it's a bit like Woolies and Coles, you know. Rising prices give them an opportunity to give that, you know, margin teeth expansion, which is, um, yeah, um, one area of their growth. I think. Um, um, well. You know, obviously, we saw um, during COVID lockdowns that um, yeah, demand would have been a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Um, although they're probably achieving a bit better on price, um, but now that um, you yeah, know we're, we, I think we've seen probably the last of lockdowns um, in Australia. Then you, you're potentially going to see a lot more um, usage of vehicles, which we are obviously day to day. But also, um, you're probably seeing a lot more domestic. Tourism as well, which obviously uses a fair bit of fuel as well. So, so I think, um, and then then you've also got this federal government, you know, trying to subsidise the the fuel side of things. Um, You know, I think Ampol will probably take a little bit of advantage of that. So, so from my point of view, I think, um, you know, that. The outlook for Ampol over the next 12 to 18 months is pretty damn good. Uh, we have a buy recommendation on it. Um, you know, t- the valuation our guys have on it is, is um, at $39, so um, there's a fair bit of upside there for um, investors, um, if, if it can achieve that. Um, you know, if you're a charter, it looks like it's hit a bit of a flat spot, um, but it'll be interesting to see how they come out with their earnings results. Um, and, um, as I mentioned earlier in the program, um, they're, they're, um, um, this financial year, um, the start of this financial year, how they've been performing as well.
1: Got it. Thank you. Nathan. do you see it any differently when it comes to Ampol, Because we are watching oil prices starting to retreat. We have seen gas prices in the US falling. A guest earlier told me 50 days in a row thus far.
2: Yeah, I mean, oil is actually in a bear market, so it's more than 20% from the peak. Uh, look, we've been a big fan of um, Ample. My thesis was Ampol uh, at some point would get a bid out of someone like uh, Amazon because not it's not what it's doing what it could be. What? You uh, said
1: ample uh, bid yeah. by Amazon, so you're thinking those the convenience distance. retail spaces. So we're going to be going into yeah. an Ampol or an Amazon, and we won't even have to go through the cashier. They'll just weigh what we take.
2: Exactly, you can um, you know buy what you want to buy, um, book it on the way to your house, and stop over, um, pick it up and ride through. The, the, the locations are hard to get, and Ample owns a lot of that um, uh, petrol shed, so they're, they're massive. And they convert it into a battery, you can go there, charge, and do the shopping at the same time. So the logistics works really well, um, so I think eventually that'll probably play out. That's my long-term view, um, but in the shorter term, um, the, the, the power usage has been boosted by the tax cut, which tends to disappear. I don't think the Labor government is planning to extend that past September. So you know that the price will take a decent pop and it's a natural um, human thing that when prices pop, we tend to u- use it a lot less. And if you're thinking recession worries, people will travel less. Um, and so these kind of things will play. They also haven't got a massive boost out of airlines um, flying again, because for example, the airline fuel is a big part of their business as well. So those things have kicked. So if you look at what's happened in the, the last year, it's great, everything is boosted. What's potentially gonna happen in the next 12 months and the next 18 to 24 months is going to be a lot harder. Um, Is it pricing in? And this is why I love analyst forecast because it's a straight line. When they see growth, they just keep going with the same growth till it blows up. So um, where you have to look at valuations is it had a bid pre-pandemic and it was trading in the thirties. And when it gets to the thirties, mid thirties, for me, red light. This is where you're trying to forecast too much Uh, And that's when you gotta start worrying about the stock. So this is, I think for me, as good as it's been, it probably seen everything work for it. I'd be taking my money and walking away, looking for something else. Every man and his dog knows Ampol and Viva Reed has done really well. So I don't think it's gonna be a shock to the market when the backward looking data is good, forward looking is gonna be patchy. So I think you'll start to see weakness come through. This is the time when you don't be greedy and get stuck to an idea. You're here to make money. You're not here to be the, the man who picks the best thing or the woman who picks the best thing. You're just here to make money.
1: Got it. All right. We will um, agree to disagree on that one. Let's call it that, guys. All right. Last on the list. Lucky last. This is Vitalia Event Hospitality. EVT is the ticker code. Uh, Nathan, we're with you. So let's uh, get your views on Event Hospitality.
2: Uh, Look, this this business has been around for a very, very, very long time. They know what they're doing. um, Reopening cycle, all of that work for it it's solid um, you know it pays a decent yield Um, it just comes down to what you're there for i don't think it's going to shoot the lights out Um, i don't see a massive growth story in it but it's a solid strong business pays a good yield and should hold up pretty well so in a recession cycle will things get a bit patchy probably um so again if you're a trader i probably will take my money and go somewhere else because i think consumer spending will weaken and that'll hurt it. Um, But it's such a good business that if you're a long-term investor, I'm also, you know, if if there isn't a better option, you're better off holding what you're holding. So if you're looking at that kind of aspect and a long-term investing and you got in cheaper, I'm happy to hold Event Holdings because I think Event Hospitality is a great business and it'll hold up pretty well
1: you've liked a lot of businesses on the list today do you like event hospitality enough to invest
0: in I do. it? On, yeah I do but I'm a bit different to Nathan I, I think you know I think it's a buy um, I think look you know, their earnings obviously suffered during the pandemic lockdowns and everything so you know if you look at their numbers they look pretty terrible uh, through 2021 and 2022 um, so I, I see some good earnings growth in their in their numbers over the next couple of years Um Obviously, all things being equal, there's no more lockdowns and things like that. But uh, you know, if you look at things like um, um, the cinema business, so we're we're starting to see a number of um, films be released in cinemas only in recent times, rather than released on Netflix and Paramount and all the other pay-per-view. Um, um, facilities that you have. So, for instance, one of the biggest movies of the year was Top Gun. Um, was only released on, on on cinemas to begin with, so you had to
1: see it in the cinemas. I you? haven't
0: seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen the first one. So. Oh my! What? <laughs> I've been we'll living, speak what? living yeah. under a rock. Yes, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but so so I look at those sort of things, and I, I see some earnings growth there. So our, our guys have got to buy on it. I agree with that. I think the yes, the share price is probably. Um, represented a little bit of that growth because after you know lockdowns and a lot of these types mm-hmm. of stocks you know the share price has recovered but i still think there's a little bit more in it yes it's not a trading stock i wouldn't say that from from what Nathan was saying you're trading in there i think it's probably more of a uh, small uh, as a mid-cap long-term hold that you're going to get growth out of and good earnings and good income as as Nathan highlighted good dividends as well
1: okay so it's a buy and, yes. and, and, and a long-term hold yeah, yep. yeah. got it okay guys uh, let me just run through what we've learned so far super retail group uh, the macro is against it but it is on Nathan's shopping list at around six to seven dollar mark but it's a buy For Francesco, who says it's a really good company and supply chain issues will resolve themselves. Uh, Goodman Group, it's a hold for both of my guests, but it's on Mathan's shopping list if it pulls back further. Car sales, it's a lighten for Francesco and Ord he says that it's fully valued right now. Again, Mathan's not chasing any growth companies right now. You can be patient, but he'd be looked to buy it between $18 and $19. And Paul, this is where they disagreed, sell for Mathan, it's done what it was supposed to do, it's not a fresh idea, it's a buy though for Francesco he does believe that it's got a pretty pretty darn good outlook. Um, and then it's a hold for the last company event, hospitality for, for Nathan and a buy for Francesco, even though he hasn't seen Top Gun. I would, I'll ask him, I won't put him on the spot. When was the last time he actually went to the cinema? Well, look at then? the size of
0: me. I don't fit in the cinema seats too well. <laughs> I would go gold class if I have to. <laughs> yeah, well
1: good for you, lucky man. All right, uh, look guys, thanks, Nathan, uh, uh, Nathan Somersandrum from Deep Data Analytics for joining us whilst on the road. Always appreciate your insights and thanks for copying it for Oz Minerals and Francesco Stratus for more minute. Really good to see you again. Good to see, see you, in in Nadine. Studio. Pleasure as well. We'll uh, have a chat soon. All right. That's the show for today. Any companies you'd like us to cover, click us an email. We'd love to get them. The call at today. You can give us a bit of context if you'd like, whether you already own it, whether you're looking to buy something else. And you can check out that portfolio at ozbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Don't go anywhere. I'm speaking with a uranium company after this very short break. The Small Caps is next.